the U.S. Commerce Department, through the National Institute of Standards and Technology, is distributing $9 million in grant awards to five organizations to pilot identity solutions aimed at increasing confidence in online transactions, prevent identity theft, and provide individuals with more control over how they share their personal information. These pilot projects are part of NSTIC, the National Strategy for Trusted Identities in Cyberspace, a government-private sector initiative aimed at creating a safe identity ecosystem in cyberspace. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased to welcome back Jeremy Grant to discuss the latest developments. Jeremy is Senior Executive Advisor for Identity Management and Head of the NSTIC National Program Office, which is led by NIST. Thanks, Jeremy, for taking time to chat. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Before we discuss the pilot projects for the uninitiated, tell us about NSTIC and the identity ecosystem NSTIC envisions. Sure. Well, NSTIC is a national strategy for trusted identities in cyberspace. It was signed by President Obama in April of 2011. And, and a little bit of background on it, it actually dates back to the comprehensive cyberspace policy review that the Obama administration conducted when he first took office in 2009, where there were 10 near-term action items that were called for. One of them was to create a vision and strategy looking at the intersection of identity management and cybersecurity, largely because so many of the cybersecurity problems that we deal with today, both in the government as well as in the commercial sector, are tied to inadequate ways uh, for people to identify and authenticate themselves online. And so there was a call to create a, a strategy that would tackle this that looked not only at the cybersecurity intersection of identity, uh, but also do it in a way that would protect and look for ways to even enhance privacy and civil liberties of all Americans online, looking particularly for ways to leverage uh, new privacy-enhancing technologies. The strategy itself took some time to draft. It went through quite a bit of public comment with uh, different private sector stakeholders, and then was finally released in April of last year at an event that was hosted by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. At its core, the strategy really calls for the private sector to take the lead in crafting an identity ecosystem. At the end of the day, what we're really looking to do is catalyze a marketplace of different solution providers that all Americans could then choose from for transactions online that are more convenient, more secure, and more privacy-enhancing than what they're able to enjoy today. You announced these five pilot projects. The pilots span multiple sectors, including healthcare, banking, government, among others. The pilots also focus on other criteria, such as shopping or how the elderly can be secure online, even Internet architecture, talking about Internet, too. What was the thinking in choosing these five pilots? There's a common theme that runs through the pilots, which is that each of them were not proposers who simply came to us and said, hey, give us a chunk of money and we'll develop a great product that'll change the world. The common theme was really people who came and said, hey, we've got a product that's in use today, or we want to develop something based on what we have, and then not just have it sitting out there in space, but actually get out there and test it with different types of users. Essentially, what we're really looking to demonstrate with all five of these pilots are what I would, you know, dub identity ecosystems in miniature, where you can start to take the kinds of technologies and solutions that were envisioned in the strategy and translate them directly into deployable solutions that can, you know, penetrate different parts of the marketplace. With all five of these pilots, you will see as they start to roll out, you know, different types of secure privacy enhancing credentialing solutions get into the hands of thousands of Americans and give them a tool they can start to use to better protect themselves online and also giving online businesses a way to offer more secure, streamlined transactions to their customers. So we're excited. We think it'll help increase trust online and also where there's good success stories, it'll help to catalyze and accelerate adoption of the identity ecosystem that's called for in the strategy. What are some of the challenges that businesses have from their perspective in dealing with their stakeholders in identity? 
anybody who, who's you know conducting business online faces a number of challenges. One is just you know from a simple issue of account creation. There's a number of studies that are out there that will show that you know more than 50% of consumers, if they're actually asked to create a new account when they go to an online site, won't even bother. They'll just click off the site instead because it's just too much hassle. Consumers are trying to remember 25 or 30 different passwords. It's getting more complex every year. None of them are particularly secure. Even the most secure passwords, there's a lot of ways that fraudsters and cyber criminals are able to, to get into those systems. If I'm a business who's interested in actually coming up with more convenient ways for me to translate page views into actual sales, it really helps quite a bit if there's a solution that I can just trust for that sort of secure logon instead of requiring my customers to create something new. A second issue that I think online businesses are dealing with in general, and we've certainly seen, I don't think we can go a month without having another very high visibility data breach at different major online sites. Hackers are going after usernames and passwords in large part because Many people reuse passwords across different sites. You'd see things with, say, the Sony PlayStation hack last year or, say, the LinkedIn or eHarmony hack this year where passwords were stolen, and one of the first things the hackers would then do is try and go to other sites. Say you might be using your Gmail password to also log into LinkedIn. So if I you know, had my Gmail account and had the same password, you know, anecdotally we hear from a lot of the free email providers that about 40% of their customers probably use the same password across multiple sites, which ends up being a real security problem. And it's a reason so many folks are going after these accounts right now and trying to steal the passwords is they can do a lot of things with it. Beyond that, I, I think businesses are always looking for ways to just you know, create more value that they can offer to their customers. And the, the view is if you know, customers actually know that they, one, you know, have ease of use, two, that they're going to be more secure and their privacy is going to be protected, they then trust those sites online. Uh, you know, I tend to do business with, with organizations that I trust, and I shun doing business with organizations that I don't trust. And when you look at some of the projections for what we could actually drive, you know, things like online retail to, if you could increase trust online, there's some real significant reasons from an economic perspective that an identity ecosystem is going to be important to fueling the next generation of, uh, of online businesses. How will these uh, pilots work? The pilots are all different. I don't want to spend too much time putting words in you know, the, the, the mouths of, of the different pilot recipients because they all have different approaches. Some of them, obviously, once they have gotten the grant award, they're not going to start turning around and turning down systems tomorrow. There's some development and some planning that's needed along with you know, implementation. We have one recipient, for example, who's going to deploy strong smartphone-based multi-factor authentication across three major university campuses, University of Texas, University of Utah, and MIT, where the faculty, the staff, and the students will, at a minimum, start to use credentials to log in across the university but we're also you know, hopeful that some online businesses that might say want to give the entire student population of the University of Texas a way to log in more easily to their site would choose to be a reliant party for those credentials. And so that can help to spur adoption you know, on all sides of strong technology. Some of the other ones are focusing on some new types of privacy enhancing encryption technology that can allow consumers and businesses to have all the security of traditional encryption, but fold them some special layers that allows them to limit how much of their personal information is shared in the transaction. This is a type of privacy enhancing technology that's been around for years but never really been widely deployed in the commercial marketplace. Three of the five pilots are going to be testing different versions of that. At least a couple of them succeed. can really sort of change what solutions are out there in the marketplace today. You talk about a marketplace of solutions that enables the individual to decide which type of security product they would want to use. Sure. This is not something the government's going to mandate, obviously. Absolutely. Everything's voluntary that we're talking about. 
the nice thing about the marketplace is the, the best solutions rise to the top. The government has specifically avoided, outside of you know sketching that at a high level, certain attributes of what a solution should look like. Solutions should be secure and resilient. They should be privacy enhancing. They should be voluntary to use. They should be interoperable with each other so that if I'm getting the credentials, say, from my bank or from my cell phone provider, it will be accepted readily every place else that I go. We don't want to see a single solution in that we don't think that there, there is going to be a single solution. If you sort of follow the deployment of you know different you know security technologies, across the marketplace over the years is depending on people's personal preferences, there, there's different kinds of technologies that may work for different types of people. Somebody may want to carry a, you know, some sort of a token with them. Others might want something integrated into a smartphone. Somebody might want something that uses biometrics. Somebody else might be uncomfortable with that. The nice thing about a marketplace is you have different solutions that if they're all accredited against a set of common standards and operating procedures, they can be used interoperably out there in the marketplace. At the end of the day, we really want to catalyze a bunch of solutions and then let the cream rise to the top. Those that uh, have the best model will ultimately be the ones that are adopted in the marketplace. You talk about accredited. Who would be doing the accreditations? In addition to the pilots, and another major effort that we've been working on with NSIC implementation is the creation of a privately-led steering group uh, called the Identity Ecosystem Steering Group. It actually launched last month in Chicago with close to 1,000 participants. Over 330 companies and organizations showed up from the technology sector, the security sector, the financial sector, major telecom providers, pretty uh, big retailers, almost every big sector of the economy, along with different organizations ranging from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce on one side of the spectrum to the ACLU and the Electronic Frontier Foundation on the the other side of the spectrum. Everybody coming together to basically come up with, in a collaborative process, what you know has been dubbed the Identity Ecosystem Framework, which would be a set of standards, set of policies, and an accreditation process that can be used to underpin the ecosystem that's called for in, in, in the White House strategy. From an accreditation process, what that actually entails, you know, it could be a few different things, but there's actually an accreditation standing committee within this new steering group that's been stood up to actually tackle what the process should be. I, I think at a high level, what's envisioned is that any organization organization that wanted to actually offer credentials that were, for lack of a better technical term, certified you know, as meeting all of the requirements of NSTIC would have to submit that solution for some sort of a review and they would then become accredited as say, an issuer of a credentialing solution. And that, of course, would offer you know, consumers and businesses some assurance that the solutions that they're getting are, in fact, doing the right things, for lack of a you know, more, more technical description, when it comes to being secure, managing privacy, things like that. Back to the pilots, how long will these pilots last and when do you expect them to start producing if they come up with good products, services? Four of the five pilots that we announced have a two-year period of performance. In those ones, I think that it'll take a little bit of time for the play to develop and that some of what they're trying to do, particularly with, in some cases, some pretty large-scale deployments of strong authentication technology in the marketplace are going to take some time to plan and execute. The fifth one has a a one-year period of performance. I think you'll start to see some of the initial milestones get hit in in individual pilots in the next six to eight months. But I think a lot of the excitement in terms of what people are really looking to see is really going to take shape more around a year from now as opposed to sooner. We'd love to move fast. We also need to get these things done right. They're, They're quite complicated in some cases and need to make sure that you plan and execute them the right way. Is there something basic that they're going to try to achieve or is technology and security concerns moving so quickly that what can be produced in another six months, a year or two will be outdated in, in three, four years? No, I think actually, I mean, in some cases, the technology that they're deploying is, is stuff that's been around for a long time. In other cases, it's you know new products that are that are quite advanced, or or at least you know uh, you know change the paradigm a little bit in terms of how strong authentication technologies are actually being deployed. Particularly, we're seeing with Bayon as well as the Internet 2 pilot, they'll be leveraging smartphone as a token 
Bayon has a solution that they'll be testing with senior citizens, university students, online shoppers, and some other members that can you know, actually allow people to choose different security features, including use of biometrics with their smartphone based on things that are already built into it today. Internet 2 is working with a partner of theirs as they deploy multi-factor authentication. It's also tied to a privacy-enhancing framework across a few university campuses that's tied to the smartphone, but it's not biometric-based. It's the way I would describe it is when you actually log into your a site, a, a little app would pop up on your phone and say, hey, Eric, we noticed you're trying to log into, insert whatever it is you'd be logging into. Is it really you? And you push a green button if it is and a red button if it's not. And that's you know really different than having to fish something out of your pocket and, say, insert it into a computer, much like, say, the PIV card that I use today. It's trying some different approaches to security that we think between the five solutions overall that are going to be piloted, you'll get some really interesting lessons learned in terms of what works good in the consumer space and what doesn't. I would imagine, because they are pilot projects, that there might be certain elements of them that aren't smashing successes. We're optimistic that all five of these will go well, but pilots sometimes are great not only for what succeeds, but also for what fails and the lessons you can take from that. Thanks, Jeremy. My pleasure. I've been speaking with Jeremy Grant of Enstick. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.